You're listening to the Raptors Rapture Podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Raptors Rapture Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Hunter Surplus. Today, guess what we're talking? We're talking Raptors, and we've got a special guest on the show today. Not just a friend of the show, but a friend of mine, Dana Ryan. Dana, what's going on, man? It's an absolute honor to, to be on this show with you, my friend as well. So I'm uh, just happy to be here, and I'm always, always ready to talk some basketball. Especially Raptors. So Dana is a contributor to RaptorsRapture.com, and he's also the co-host of the Relay podcast with another friend of ours, Eric Crookshank. So shout out to you, (laughs) E-Dog. Crook. Um, Yeah, so today, obviously, it's it's a big Raptors episode. And as per usual, we start the show with a little news segment. And to start that off, Kyle Lowry had a pretty damn good week this past week. Thursday, he was named to his sixth straight All-Star appearance coming off the bench as voted by his coaches, and he also became the franchise leader in assists. Now, Dana, I, I don't think this is necessarily going to be a hot take or anything, but like Kyle Lowry is definitely the greatest Raptor of all time, right? Yeah, and as I was saying earlier, I don't think he's the best player that's played for the Raptors. Obviously, Kawhi, his amazing season last year, but definitely the best Raptor of all time. Uh, like you just said, passes Jose Calderon for most assists on the Raptors all time. It's not even close with three-point makes. I mean, he's more than double the next person behind him. And he's just one of the biggest reasons the Raptors have come this far. Um, of course, Masai Ujiri is a big part of that. But without Lowry, we're not coming this far. Watching the playoffs run last year and in that final series against Golden State, I couldn't see us winning without Kyle Lowry on that court. He brings a calmness, a presence. He's so he's so defensively tough, and he's a bull out there. He's tough to get around. And also, he just has games where there's games where he's a little cold. And every player has that, but when he's on... Kyle Lowry's on so I think for sure without Kyle Lowry this franchise would not be where we are right now and I think he's um I think he's deserving of being the best Raptor of all time yeah and I think like there's a difference between like greatest and like best you know what exactly. I mean because like obviously Kawhi would be the best and, and DeRozan is probably like at his peak was probably better than than Kyle Lowry and you know Chris Bosh at his peak as a Raptor is probably um, like a better player in terms of the talent wise and whatnot, but nobody has had like a greater impact, I think, on the Raptors. And like the Raptors have taken such a big identity from Kyle Lowry, like the grittiness and the like bulldog mentality that everyone kind of says that he plays with. Well, when you're looking at this list ahead of him points, you see Vince Carter, Chris Bosch, and DeMar DeRozan, and those are all great, but I don't think they bring that all-around game that Kyle Lowry brought. He does everything on the court, and a lot of things that you don't, I guess, notice as a fan that make that Raptors um, system run. Yeah, and it always, it seems like he's also been here, like, forever. Oh he's, my gosh, like, I know. It, You know, like, he has obviously has the tenure here, um, but he, it like it feels like he's been a career raptor, even though obviously he did have. I think he's a lost career. like thirty pounds over his yeah. average career. Yeah. Came in a little, <laughs> little chubby. And it, and it feels like he just has always been a raptor, even though he did have the stint before coming to the Raptors with the Rockets, and you know, kind of what bounced around the league a little bit, not finding his identity, but then being here and like showing out and being the best that he's been. Obviously, this is his sixth All Star appearance. I think that's probably the most ever for like a Raptors player. I, I don't know so. that. I don't know the numbers on that, but he definitely is like, he. I don't know, like he just has been the best and he's 
been the main guy throughout the most successful tenure of Raptors basketball, which I think is like shouldn't be understated. And I mean, even when, even when, as you said before, DeMar DeRozan was probably a better player. I think any true Raptors fans saw Kyle Lowry as the face of the franchise the entire time because he was that leader. I think DeMar, De, DeMar DeRozan was a little quieter when you see Lowry out there. He's always talking. He's always in the huddles, giving his points. And I think he's just his. He's he's almost like a with LeBron with the Lakers and every team he's been on. He's like another coach. Yeah, yeah, and, like, the leadership there is huge, and being able to turn that into success, and, like, pretty much every year that he's been here, the team's gotten better and better, and then, obviously, they ended up winning the championship last year, and then they're showing out better than they have ever pretty much this this season without Kawhi Leonard, and a big reason for that, despite being injured for a little bit, has been uh, Kyle Lowry and how he's helped develop, you know, the younger guys like a Terrence Davis or like the Fred Van Fleets or the Pascal Siakams. And you can keep going down the list where you see like the impact that Kyle Lowry has had on these guys. And it's like, it's not just the on the court stuff that makes him the greatest. It's everything that you can put into a resume. That's a good point. I mean, Fred Van Vliet coming into this team undrafted. I'm sure there was a lot of nerves and I mean, you're filling a big role there, and you might not feel so comfortable coming to the lineup. Maybe you don't think you deserve it, but I'm sure Kyle Lowry got in his head, um, especially coming to those playoff series. You need somebody that's been there before, and although up until last year, Kyle Lowry hadn't had really much success getting far in the playoffs, just playing those games and even knowing what it's like to lose and bounce back is really important. Yeah, so speaking of All-Star games, uh, Nick Nurse is locked in to coaching Team Giannis at the All-Star game in Chicago with the Raptors win over the Pacers, Pacers, the Pistons on Friday night. Not as good. (laughs) Yeah, um, so like there's been a lot of talk on Twitter, whereas people think that Nick Nurse is going to tamper with Giannis and, and make sure that Giannis knows that the Raptors are going to want him come 2021. (laughs) How far do you think he's going to go? Like, how far do you think Uh, he's going to take it? Is he going to do the Drake thing and, like, start rubbing 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 Giannis' shoulders shoulders on the sideline? I mean, he's going to have to watch it. I don't think he's going to – I think he's smart, and I don't think he'll go too much. I think the best thing he can do is just – be very nice to him and be very accepting and welcoming and maybe say like, oh, you look amazing out there. That was awesome. Great dunk. You know, maybe that would look good in a, in a Raptors jersey. Maybe <laughs> not put it that far. But um, yeah, definitely play him, play him a lot of minutes. Um, compliment him a lot. Say his hair looks good, but just don't, don't cross the, the line. I, th- I think the thing that he's got to do uh, that would probably be the most impressive for Giannis is just like have the team go out there and just like kick ass and like try to go out there and play as hard as possible and like do those like stupid two three zones that <laughs> Nick Nurse has been known to do like not only this season but in the finals last year and like have the team just go out and try to win every quarter and every minute and and all that stuff because you know Giannis is always one of those guys it's like a Russell Westbrook where he like goes oh, out yeah. and is always trying his hardest and always wants to win and all that kind of stuff you know obviously he doesn't play that many minutes but when he's out there he plays harder than anybody and I think you know having Nick Nurse do that is probably the best way to get Giannis's attention and if, you know maybe honestly like damn if this guy is uh if this guy's gonna try this hard in the all-star game he's probably gonna try even harder for the regular season and postseason. Yeah, Nick Nurse just needs to start the game with like Kemba Walker and Trey Young, but then take them out within a minute, throw Kyle Lowry in, and then just say, just dish him lobs, just dish him lobs, pass him the ball, 
get that chemistry going, get it ready for next season, and then um, I think Giannis will will understand the potential. Yeah, I, like if Giannis picks Lowry and Siakam in the like in the All Star draft thing. I think it's it's for sure that people are going to just start going nuts. Like, obviously, people have already been going nuts about the whole, like, Toronto and Giannis connection and whatnot. But if he picks either of them or both of them, it's just going to be absurd. Like, Raptors Twitter is going to go insane, and they're just going to yeah. have a field day with yeah, it. They need to make sure Kyle Lowry's on that. Right there beside him, and, uh, yeah, dish him lobs. Dish him lobs. Yeah, if... if, if Nick Nurse can somehow force Giannis into a uh, final, not finals MVP, an all-star game MVP. It's it's only going to help the Raptors cause. And, you know, Masai's probably going to be there as well with Nick Nurse. Somehow he'll find a way down onto the court, onto the bench, maybe push a sheriff or something. And, you know, Pascal Siakam, everyone loves that guy. And Kyle Lowry is going to probably, like you said, throw him a ton of lobs if they're on the same team. And if not, let him dunk on you, Pascal. <laughs> Pascal, let him dunk yeah, on you. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, we don't want any charges. No <laughs> I know you love those charges, Kyle, but we don't need them in this game. So going on to a little bit more of negative news here. Um, Marcus Gasol down again with another hamstring injury. They're saying that it's just day-to-day, but it's still a hamstring injury, which is what had him out for those 11, 12 games that he missed earlier in the season. It was a tight hamstring, a hamstring pull kind of thing. Should the Raptors be more careful with him this time? Obviously, missing 11 games being careful, but should they be more careful with him this time and let him rest even longer than needed, especially with how well they've been playing? Well, usually what I say when a player goes down for injury is it's not always a bad thing, I would say, especially when it's an older player. Sometimes if they go out for a month, Although they're injured, that can be a time to rest, especially with an older player. And it's a very long season, 82 games. I know there's been talks of shortening the season, but sometimes that can be a nice time to break. But then the problem is when you're having those re-injuries, that's when you got to watch out because Marcus Gasol, I mean, like we said, Kawhi's obviously not going to be in the lineup for the playoffs. So we need all those assets we need. And Marcus Gasol was obviously a key player in that lineup, dishing the ball everywhere. It was just insane watching this guy striping those passes down the lanes so I think they're gonna have to be a lot more careful I mean we saw how successful it was with uh Kawhi Leonard so they're just gonna have to monitor him closely and make sure he's ready for playoffs because regular season I mean he's played enough games he's he went to the finals last year he knows what he needs to be do needs to be doing and how he's going to be ready for the playoffs so I think they just need to trust the process give him the rest he needs and don't rush him back too quick but because I think he's already going to be ready for the playoffs when he comes back yeah and I think that his like if the Raptors weren't doing so well with all these injuries that they have had maybe you do bring him back a little bit earlier but they're second in the east they're two games up on the Celtics who are behind them and they're they've pulled away even further from the the rest of the pack after the Celtics and Heat really and you know if they weren't as doing as well as they are even with the injuries and even with him out then I think it'd be a no-brainer to bring him back and try to get the team back on track but there's there's been no signs of slowing down and they've just been they're obviously they're on this 10-game winning streak and we'll talk about that a little bit later but you know they've just been doing everything right this year and I would say especially with how long of a season that Marcus all had last year and this summer with like the World Cup and the finals for the first time ever. Yeah, he never really had a break. Yeah, he never really had a break except for those few weeks where he had the championship parades where he was just going <laughs> oh berserk. My God. I was at that parade. Yeah. He looked like he was having a time. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, Danny, he was going to go up for, I guess, a little speech. And Danny Green's like, do not give this guy the mic. <laughs> do not Wait, do pro- it. Yeah, it was probably a good call. But, like, I think, you know, there wasn't a lot of rest in the summer. This is, like you said, this is a really good time to rest. You obviously missed those 11 games earlier. But maybe they, they brought him back a little soon just because they were excited because everyone else was coming back. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's tough to say. But, it, I don't know, it, it could be it could be bad to leave him and keep him cold and whatnot, and it might yeah. get him off his game, because we know that, obviously, his offense has been pretty trash this season in terms of, like, his shooting numbers and averaging, like, five or six points a game, and that's not that's not really good, per se, for a, a guy, but you do know the impact that he has on the court, regardless of that. So, I mean, it, it, you can go both ways. I would say... I would lean towards the direction of maybe keep him out a little bit longer because, like you said, he was so key last year in the playoffs, and you, we see how good the team is offensively with him and defensively. So, and in the end, it's going to be how he feels. Uh, obviously, the doctors don't know how how he's feeling if he's ready, so he's going to make that determination that hey, I'm ready to go. And he's played in the league so long that at this point, I'm sure he knows how his body feels and how ready he needs to be to be back on the court. So it's 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 going to be interesting, but we just we pray that we don't have any more fallen soldiers because it has been a tough season for injuries. Yeah. So speaking of that, Norman Powell uh, is said to have possibly dislocated his finger after the Raptors Pistons game. They don't know. They still need to do a few tests on him, but not not a great sign. <laughs> no. Not a great sign. Another uh, player that was just out. Yeah, not a great sign for the Raptors. He missed his 10 to 11 games earlier in the season with a dislocated shoulder and obviously a finger is much different than a, a dislocated shoulder, but you see what's going on with Joel Embiid and how he dislocated his finger and and he's out for 2 weeks at least and it could be longer than that. He, you know, I remember Valanciunas well, last season was out for months. And it so it's, you know, Obviously, we hope the best for a guy like that. We don't really need to talk about it because we don't know the significance of the injury and how how long he's actually going to be out. But I think it's just safe to say, with how well Powell had been playing, um, you know, probably not the best thing for the Raptors for him to be out. I'd rather him not have a dislocated finger. Let's let's put it that way. (laughs) So moving on to our next topic, Terrence Davis is left off the Rising Stars game. Is he the biggest snub of? I don't even want to say just the Ride of Stars game, but of all of All-Star Weekend? Of all of All-Star Weekend, I would I would put Devin Booker ahead of yeah, Terrence agree. Davis. I agree. I mean, I guess he's I guess he's a snub, but there's some good players in in both those lines for the US and World roster. I mean, it's it's he's probably going to be it next year if he's not this year. Like it, what's what's the age? What's the age limit it's, for It's just the first two seasons, It's just the first yeah. two seasons. So I mean, he might be in it next year. Uh there's some players that I guess could have been left off the roster, but I mean, looking at these all like he's um we got Miles Bridges, Wendell Carter Jr., Devontae Graham, Tyler Harrow. There's a lot of young players, t- Trey Young that are having like excellent but seasons. But I think but like the thing with it to me is like Trey Young shouldn't be a rising should, star because he, he, he exactly no, he is I, a star I, he's not a rising star he's an all-star yeah, already no, no i totally agree with that and i mean zion williamson is in there this as well even though he's only played what it feels like four, <laughs> four games. games like yeah and and to be fair tance davis has been a a, a massive part of a, a Raptors really lineup that wasn't expected to be that good so snub not snub i mean it's still the all-star game i know the players care about a lot but 
down the road on their career, I probably won't have that big of an impact. And I'm sure he'll he'll improve his stats for next year and be back in that game. So yeah, I don't think it's the biggest snub of the um, of the whole All Star weekend, but it's definitely probably the biggest snub of the um, of the Rising Stars. Yeah, I think it's definitely the biggest snub of the Rising Stars, and you know, I think it should be considered up there with the biggest snubs of the All Star game, just because of you know all the different arguments that people have for like the Beals of the world and the Bookers who didn't make it. And I guess Zach Levine as well. It's like, well, their team isn't very good, and they're they're having good stats, but on a on a really bad team. But like for this case, Terrence Davis is having relatively good stats, really good stats for a rookie, especially an undrafted rookie, especially playing on, on a good team on a really really good team, the second best team in the East, and they're starting to pull away. Like he's only averaging seven point two points and three point four rebounds and just under two assists, but. I mean, he, check Siakam stats in his first right? year. Right, and like. you know, and in his his per thirty six numbers are actually relatively good: fifteen point seven points, four assists, and and two steals, and seven and a half rebounds. Like, those are really good per thirty six minutes. That you know, as a rookie, just because he doesn't necessarily have the exact same, uh, he doesn't have the same opportunity as a guy like PJ Washington does because he's on a trash team or <laughs> or like. Uh, Eric Pascal is on trash team. Kendrick Nunn's on a good team, but like some of these guys shouldn't be, shouldn't necessarily. I think uh, if you're gonna take into consideration winning for an All Star team, you should also think about that for Rising Stars as well. And for like, I'm not saying he should be in the Rookie of the Year conversation, but like that kind of stuff is is important. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I think also with these these other players obviously playing on American teams. I think it goes back to Raptors kind of being slept on. People don't watch as many Raptors games. And if you're going to watch a Raptors game, you're not paying attention to Terrence Davis most likely unless you're watching every game. You're looking at the Lowry's, the the Siakam's, the Powell's, Van Vliet, all the big stars. So a player like Terrence Davis can kind of fall under the shadow of other players. But if you're watching every single one of Raptors games, you know how even right off the gate, he right at the gate, he came out and he was playing excellent for the Raptors. So it's going to be really interesting. Like I said, he's going to have a great career, I'm sure, unless something goes bad. Cross your fingers, that doesn't happen. But I'm sure he'll be in this game next year. And um, this is just more motivation to get back in the gym and you know, get ready for playoffs. Yeah, I think he's going to have the most impact on a really good team. So, like, you know, I think I'd rather have that than be in the stupid Rising Star mm. Challenge. This guy's probably going to go... Who knows, maybe he would get it, He would have gotten injured in the game, and there you go. There you go. It's a bad thing to think about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood here. Um, so we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with our talk of some on-the-court stuff. All right, so we are back, and now we're going to talk about the more on-court stuff rather than our news portion. So the Raptors, like you mentioned, Dana, are kind of being a, a slept-on team. They always have been. Uh, right now, they have a 10-game winning streak going on. And like you said, with them being slept on, it feels like nobody is really talking about it. I remember earlier in the season when the Jazz kind of went on their first big winning streak of the year, they kind of went out and said that no one's talking about the Jazz and they're having this really big win streak. And the same thing's happening with the Raptors, except... Their second best team in the East now, and they also Utah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Um, and you know the weird thing about it is that they won the championship last year, and most of the time when a defending champion wins ten straight games, the media goes nuts, and the media's like, "All right, this team's repeating. This team's got the best team in the league. All this kind of stuff." Are they the quietest, like elite team this year? 
definitely the lead sass. I mean, I feel like we keep repeating the same thing, but we just don't get the recognition deserved. It's like a player, like like I said before, Terrence Davis. I mean, let me just let me just read the, some of the numbers I have here. We're um, third best net rating, second best defensive rating. We're top five in three point shooting in the league. And top five in percentage as well, which is, I mean, look back to, I don't know, under Dwayne Casey, three-point shooting was one of our biggest problems. We could never get it back. We brought Damari Carroll in, and it was the biggest joke. He couldn't put anything down. Tried to guard LeBron James, and it just didn't work. I mean, Dennis Scott, I think we talked about this before the podcast before, Dennis Scott said the, uh, the Raptors were not going to make the playoffs. They put the Bulls ahead of them in, to make the playoffs. And then Sam Mitchell, our boy said that they were going to get the eighth seed. And Sam they put, Mitchell's a fraud. What is this guy Sam saying? Sam Mitchell's what a is fraud. This guy saying? And then he puts uh, the Hawks two <laughs> spots ahead of us in the playoffs, and they're last in the Eastern Conference. I don't want to hear any of it. Uh, yeah, it's... um. He's watched us play before. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Because, like you, it's, like you said, like they still don't get the respect they deserve. And I understand people thinking that maybe the Raptors would have a drop-off from last season naturally right you lose the best player arguably the best player in the league but for people to have said that they weren't going to make the playoffs is absolutely absurd but even look at the numbers with us when Kawhi wasn't playing 17-5 we never never wavered I will never forget that number in my whole life that record 17-5 and without Kawhi just because it shows like the Raptors are are that good and when we talk about like the other elite teams in the league there's the Milwaukee Bucks who are getting I mean for what they're doing, they're maybe not getting the credit that they deserve, but they're still getting talked about. Giannis is going to win the MVP. The Lakers are literally everywhere oh in the entire universe right now, obviously with the, the Kobe Bryant news and it's stuff. understandable that's before that. But before it was... that, it was all Lakers this, Lakers that. The Clippers are being talked about more than anybody. The Denver Nuggets, and we talked about Utah not being talked about. It still feels like they're getting talked about three times more than the than the Raptors. The Houston Rockets are in fifth place in the West, and they're getting talked about. Yeah. Miami's being praised like oh nobody's gosh. business. The Celtics are being praised. People saying that they should maybe have three All-Stars. Miami Heat having two All-Stars. The Sixers are in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. They will never stop talking about the Sixers. And they will never stop talking about them. And it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, the Raptors have one of the top, you know, 12, 11 players in the league right now. He's probably going to be an all-NBA player come the end of the season. Why aren't you guys talking about him that much? It is it is absolutely insane. I, th- I feel like I've heard more news come out about, like, Steph Curry or Kyrie Irving who have, A, Steph Curry hasn't played, B, Kyrie Irving's played, like, 20 games this year. I feel like I've heard more about them this season than Pascal Siakam, who obviously he missed time but has been a killer this whole year. I know, and even, like, we talked about the injury troubles. I mean, for, what, a month, like, Lowry and Ibaka were out. They, they came back, and then we had Powell, Marcus and Siakam out. And then, of course, now Marcus back in, and then other other players injured on top of that. But it seems like players goes down, but our system just works so well that the team doesn't waver. And we like we said, we saw it with Kawhi. We're seeing it this year. We're just one of the most solid all-around teams, and we don't, one player goes down and somebody else picks up the slack. So you guys need to start thinking about us more. Yeah, like I, 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 I don't know what else they can do to be one of the most talked about teams yeah, in the league. I, and I, like, you know, obviously they're going to go to where the money lies, which is in the L.A.s and the, I guess, the Houston Rockets with James Harden and the Dallas Mavericks and all that kind of stuff. But I, it makes no sense why – 
I guess because ESPN doesn't come to Toronto and doesn't come to Canada, like I guess that's probably the reason for for them not talking about it. But for the for the real NBA fans, the guys who really understand what the hell is going on in the league, have to have to be the ones who talk about the Raptors because that's how people are going to that's how people are going to realize what's going on. The people who just watch the YouTube clips and who just watch the the ESPNs of the world are going to think that the Raptors are not trash but they're not legit and all you're seeing is the pascal siakam highlights so you're thinking we're one-dimensional just going through pascal but yeah what what i've heard is that it it has to do with like the broadcasting and it's a bunch it's a it's a bunch of money issues about broadcasting the raptors and that's why not as many people are seeing us but i mean i'm sure these i'm sure all the commentators and the insiders in the nba can realize it and they they a lot of, and a lot of them do i mean um charles barkley he's been an advocate you see um for the raptors, kendrick yeah. perkins you see him talking about the raptors all the time but like you said the money goes to la and i don't i don't know it just seems like we've been talking about this for six years yeah and you like against even against the big market teams like the lakers they won one nothing, right? They they want to know against the Lakers this season. Really good team. Uh, Miami, they had two really really good games against Miami. Philadelphia, they're two and one with some really solid performances there. Um, the the L A Clippers of the world, they're zero and two against them, but they did have some really good games. Like the Houston, they're zero and one, but had a really really good game against them as well. It's like how how these guys aren't getting respected is is a bit of a disappointment, but. It's understandable. We've been here before, and you know, it. Once the playoffs come around, is finally when you know the yeah. the jump is going to start talking about the Raptors yeah. and, more. And, and talking about that second best defensive rating, I'm pretty sure our first matchup against Kawhi, we we limited him like 13 points, and then again with LeBron, we limited him as well. So locking down those big starts is going to be extremely key in the playoffs because that's who drives the teams all the way. So if you can lock down the other team's biggest player forces the other players to step up and if they can't do that you have a way better chance of getting past a team in the series and you know they're not necessarily the the flashiest team right like you talk about them having the second best defensive rating which is a really good point but then the counter argument for that is they've got the 15th best offense which is where the league is kind of going right now and and when pascal siakam who's not necessarily the flashiest player is your is your best player and the most effective offensive guy on the team and a guy like Kyle Lowry who's that second guy um you're you're not really going to be looking at the the best offensive team or you know the most exciting to watch so that's probably another factor for these people to come in and and a lot of these games are grinded out games with you know getting the other team under 100 points or under 110 points which is the league average and like you know it, it sucks that that's the way that the the, the play that people who watch the nba think about the game now and it's all about offense it's all about scoring but it kind of seems like the way it is right yeah well you talk about not a very exciting game it can be obviously but i mean if you look at the pistons game yesterday raptors had 66 points in the paint compared to pistons 28 so i mean although they get the win and they do it effectively by driving the point the paint sorry which is usually a little more productive than just checking up shots from the three-point line like houston was always doing um yeah, it's always it's obviously not the greatest to watch, but if it's working for you and Drummond's the only one that can really stop you in the paint, then you gotta gotta hammer it. I mean, I'm pretty sure Makayuk 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 yes, yeah. yeah. Anyways, he was on a balk of a part of the game. Like, what is this match? Yeah. Um. So the the Raptors' record for like their their longest win streak as a franchise is 11 games. They've done it twice. Do you think the Raptors? 
this season can match that, or do you think they're able to to pass them this season? Well, I definitely think they can at least match it. I mean, they're facing the Bulls, the Bulls on in, in that in that next in that next game. I mean, anything can happen. I find more with the with in the NBA, you find that when a really good team goes up against um, a, a worse really, team, a it's, really bad team. Yeah, it <laughs> seems that. The good team almost always come out in in hockey. It seems there's a little more like the chances of something sporadic happening are a little different, and the Bulls are just not. I mean, Dennis Scott might think, or who was it? Sam, yeah, Dennis Scott might think they uh, will beat them just because he makes puts them in the playoff. But um, get out of my yeah, face. Three p.m. game, they're gonna be rested. They're gonna have a nice lunch, probably maybe a little nap. They'll be ready for the game, and then I think they'll definitely get that one. Pacers, it's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Obviously, I think Pacers are a beatable team. I mean, Raptors are second in the league ahead of them, and we've shown before that we can beat them. We're actually playing them back to back, um, but it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting game. I think Raptors can pull it through, and I, I'm gonna say they are gonna beat that record because no better time to do it now. Get our names back on the map, and I think this is one of the best teams, if not the best, probably other than last year's team that we've ever had, and. I think it would just um, cap off, obviously not the ending of the season, but just another milestone that leads us to the playoffs. That would be really nice to see. Yeah, and you could really see them going for a big stretch here. Their their next like really, really, really tough game is February 25th against the Bucks. They've got eight games between now and then, which like they could go on an 18-game winning streak. I'm not saying that... Like, you know, there's there's a they have a back to back mixed in into that into that stretch there, so that's obviously a tough one to have happen. You play the Pacers three times in there, who's obviously a good team with Oladipo coming back. They're they're on fire, and you know the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving can always always find a way to do something um, spectacular in in any given game. So you know I you know I want to say that they can beat it. The Pacers, uh, the timing of it is probably. A difficult one for the Raptors, just because obviously Oladipo is back. They're gonna want to, yeah. they're gonna want to play him as much as possible and get him in the game as much as possible. But yeah, you know, it it'll be tough. Any any win streak past eleven games is yeah, always I mean, difficult. Bulls are having injury troubles as well. They got Lori it's also, it's also the Bulls, Wendell man. Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr. So they're worse enough, and now you have those players out. I would be very surprised if the Raptors do not come out with a win. Yeah, so we mentioned the Pistons game a little bit and how the Raptors aren't getting respect. These two kind of go hand-in-hand together. Last night's game, obviously recording this on Saturday, last night's game against the Pistons was a bit of a highlight factory. Yes. So, I'm going to ask you, Dana, which one of these highlights was better to you? Any of Norm's dunks on Drummond, or all of them? Lowry dropping Svi McCulloch? Or Fred Van Fleet's Euro step, which was your favorite highlight? I'm gonna say Lowry. I think we've seen this a lot, the dunks a lot from, um, from Norman Powell at least recently, and he's on a big streak. And we've talked about him a lot, which is uh, which is great because he's he deserves it. He's on a hot streak. Fred Van Fleet, he's got those nasty handles. I mean, he can do anything out there, but it's not very often you see Kyle Lowry drop somebody of that nature. It was so sweet, and he gets a lot of um, a lot of hate. Kyle Lowry does, but it's nice to see that he's still, although he's getting a little up there in age, he can still get on the highlight reel. So I'm gonna say that 
and because uh, it made me giggle when I saw it. It was funny seeing him go, seeing, seeing Sven go down. So yeah, I, I gotta say Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I so I usually say an ankle breaker. The only thing that I have against this one is that instead of you didn't get to see the bu- the ball go through the basket. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they called it a goaltending. So for that reason and that reason only, I'm gonna I'm gonna take him out of the race here. And I love a good Euro step, but but I'm gonna go with. Norm Powell's dunk, man. That was the only one where I, he, you know, and it was specifically the one late in the fourth quarter where he does the one-hand hammer. That was the best um, one. That was the best dunk of them all, and I think that one in specific was, like, the only one where I really was like, oh, Jesus. Like, I kind of just, like, screamed, and, like, it was one of those moments where you're just like, wow, that was uh, that was wild. Um, I probably would have went Lowry if, if he actually was able to physically get the ball to go through the hoop. I know the two points are the same, but... It uh, didn't get to finish it the same way that you maybe yeah. would like to. I'm not sure I've ever seen Kyle Lowry like break somebody's ankle so they fall. Yeah. When I think about it. I mean, I'm sure somebody can, can find a clip, but not in my memory. <laughs> yeah, I would be... I'd be shocked if he hadn't, <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, like, it's Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not, not known for his... Yeah. It's not Kyrie out there. It's not usually his MO. So we're going to go back to talking about the Raptors and how, how they've had some success this season. They've started to pull away with the second seed in the Eastern Conference, and now they're starting to get more and more healthy. Obviously, we talked about Gasol going back down with an injury and whatnot, but for the most part, their core is there. They've got Ibaka, they've got Lowry, they've got Pascal Siakam, Powell, OG. You can go down the list of names that aren't Marc Gasol. The Raptors are finally healthy with those players. Is it, to you, a lock the second is the second seed to you a lock for the Toronto Raptors at this stage of the season? I don't think it's a lock just because it's still although it's two games, I mean Raptors are on a hot streak right now, but we've seen it so many times where you go on this big hot streak, but it's led by a, a big downfall. I mean quickly to go back to hockey, I know we're not talking about that here, but the same thing happened with the Leafs. They went on a big streak, ten point streak, and then they went on a massive slump where they cooled down. So I think, I, I, I'm not going to say it's a lock, but the Raptors are in a very good position. They're playing the best basketball the, um, of the season, but the Celtics and the Heat are both of them two games behind them. So all it takes is a little slide from the Raptors and a little, uh, and for the Celtics to heat up a little bit. So I'm not going to say it's a lock, but I would not be surprised if the Raptors could stick in that spot, especially if Marcus Gasol can come back somewhat soon and get him back to the lineup. But other than that, I think it's not a lock, but I would not be surprised. I'm I'm locking it in. You're locking it in. I'm locking it in. That's all in, man. There's I think they know the they know how important the second seed is in the in the Eastern Conference, having to go through Brooklyn or or the Magic or something like that, rather than the Pacers, Sixers, Heat, or or um, Boston, Jesus, or Boston there. Um, and you know, not having to play the Bucks in the second round means a probable possible Eastern Conference Finals appearance, which I think would make them the biggest overachieving team in the league thus far. And that and I think that would be an insane feat for the Raptors, like to come out and be that Eastern Conference Finals without Kawhi and that, you know, anything can happen there. So you don't think Boston knows they want to be in the second seed? Is that what you're saying? No, I, th- I think they do, but I don't think they're good enough. I think they're, oh. I think Boston, I think both Boston and Miami are frauds. Boston has a hard schedule coming up the rest of the season. The the 
Raptors are basically playing you and I out there for the most part of these <laughs> okay, games. Okay, they'd get dusted if I was out there, so good luck with that. <laughs> and then, you know, the Bucks. I, I know the Bucks are just going to stay stay put where they are. I think yeah, the, the Heat are, I don't I don't think, the, the Heat are too young. I think that Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero are obviously really good players, but they're they're gonna slow down. They're gonna even hit the rookie wall. Even Bam is young. Bam, this is Bam's first actual good season, and I think he's probably gonna hit a wall at some point. People are gonna figure him out. Yeah, he made the All Star team, but people are gonna figure him out. And if they get into a losing slump, like if they lose four in, in a row, which is possible, what are the chances that Jimmy Butler goes berserk? Or what if Butler goes down with an injury? Right. Hopefully he doesn't. Yeah. Never you, wish an injury you, upon somebody, but I mean, their you team haven't relies on Jimmy. Yeah, and you haven't seen it. And obviously, like, Jimmy Butler hasn't been the the star-studded Jimmy Butler that we've seen in past years. And, like, specifically thinking about the fourth quarters of Philadelphia games last year. But, like, he has been really good for the team, and he's been a really good player. But what if he is looking for a bigger role as the season goes on and and if they start to struggle is he going to is he going to blow up on them like he did the Timberwolves like he did with the Bulls like he did with the Sixers it's kind of sounding like every team he goes to something wrong happens and I know this is probably one of the better fits that he's been in in terms of like a system and a culture that they've built in 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 Miami but it I have the, everything points to Jimmy Butler at some point going off and blowing up and something going wrong. And I don't know if that's this season or next season or the season after, but it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, and you talk about that young team, and without playoff experience or even experience in late-season games, it's about taking it to that next level because it surely does. I mean, you saw Kawhi the first game right off the bat. You're like, oh, this is a different This is a different human being. But even going back a few seasons, one, we had Jakob Pertl and the bench mob looked amazing during the regular season and then went to the playoffs and it's like yeah, that's trash not, not the same team we're looking at here so although they're great during the regular season it's a different animal in the playoffs and if you can't bring it to the next level or you get a little nerves because i guarantee you every young player going to the playoffs is going to have nerves it um it could be the downfall of them yeah i you know what it's i'm that's why i'm locking it in man i'm locking it in i think celtics i'm not too sure about but We'll I, I think they're all frauds. I think the Celtics are frauds. I think the uh, the Heat are frauds. The Sixers they've already shown to be frauds. Like I don't even need to say that. Yeah. I, um. I yeah. I just I just don't know, man. Two games with two games back from a really good team is is always hard to make up. And like with how the Raptors are playing now and and how healthy they're getting, which obviously like isn't that healthy, but it's healthier than they've ever been all season. I think it's I think it's pretty obvious that the Raptors should should stay up in that two range and you know if they don't I don't I don't see them falling beyond three especially with defense right like the second best defense in the league they can that means they they're in every game no matter what so that's it for our on the ball talk and we'll be back in just a minute with our predictions for next week and our favorite game from last week so we're back. We're here to talk about our predictions for the week. But first, let's talk about last week's games for the Toronto Raptors. They had yet another perfect week. Obviously, if they have a 10-game winning streak going on, <laughs> that's just that's naturally speaking. Uh, Sunday, they beat the San Antonio Spurs. Tuesday, beat the Atlanta Hawks. 
Thursday, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Friday, they whooped the Detroit Pistons. So out of those four games, Dana, which one did you enjoy the most? Which were you most excited for going into the week? Um, I mean, more excited. I feel like we had a pretty easy lineup coming into this game. But I think the game I was most excited for was probably the Atlanta game. I, our last two matchups again against Atlanta, they were actually closer than they really should have been, which scared me a little bit because this is not a team we should have close games against. And also, Trey Young lit us up in both of them. I think he had 30 points in the first game, 42 in the next. But what I loved about this game was that, and we talked about how we're not a really that great of offensive team. And obviously, Atlanta is not the best team, but we were able to put 130 points up. And although that's against an easy team, there's no way you're not getting any confidence out of that. Um, and you're also able to limit Trey Young to under 20 points, which not many teams are able to do. One of the also big things was that Serge Ibaka really got going. You saw him getting 24 points and 10 rebounds. So pretty much anytime you see Ibaka get above 20 points, you can pretty much assume we won that game. But also they spread the love. I mean, Fred Van Vliet, 19 points. Terrence Davis, the man we were talking about before, 15 points. That's the per 36. And no, but that was actually what he got. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it was, yeah, okay, you got what I mean. Yeah. And then Siakam, 24 points. So I think it's just a confidence booster, although it's against a good team. I'm sorry, a bad team, not a good team. And you're able to limit uh, Trey Young to under 18, 20 points. Um, yeah, that's a good pick. I'm going to go with the uh, with the game against the Spurs on, on Sunday afternoon. Obviously, it was a very emotional game and you know after hearing about like the passing of Kobe and having all the all the emotional support and whatnot from from the fans that were there and from the players uh with one another was was really good to see obviously you don't want it under those circumstances being as Kobe was a legend and and a hero for a lot of the players that were playing that game uh in fact I didn't think that they should have played the games at the time. I'm pretty adamant about how they should have canceled them uh because I didn't think the the league or the players really any of them wanted to be there and I didn't think that any even reporters and media and stuff didn't want to be there because of the the close ties that a lot of people had with with a Kobe Bryant and and how idolized he was by everyone. Um but I'm going to go with that game just because it was a it was an emotional one. It was probably the more one of the more meaningful games of the season for both teams. Both play both teams have a lot of players who idolize Kobe, like I said, and and who were who were really hurt by that. And you know, it probably wasn't the best game or most entertaining game under the circumstances. But you know, the the twenty four second and eight second violations were uh, really cool to see. Um, obviously, like I said, under different circumstances, it would have been a a more happy game, but it was it was good. And obviously, Pascal Siakam had an unbelievable first half, 30 points in the first half, only five in the second half, but still put up 35 points, um, which was a really big reason for why he won Player of the Week last week. And then uh, Kyle Lowry, 16 points. Um, you know, they didn't play extremely well, but it was one of those games where you just kind of like, you had to tune in because you, you kind of knew something special was Something special was happening during that moment, and I, a lot of eyeballs had to had to be on that game. It was one of the most interesting games I've ever seen, just because, as you said, maybe it wasn't very exciting, but like you could tell there was something in the air. Like you could tell those players were just not playing. Like 
there was something else on their mind. And I mean, obviously they talked about Kobe the entire time, which, which made sense, but there was just a feeling in the air that something wasn't right. And I, you really had to commend the players that, um, that they still played a really good game and that they, they even played at all. I mean, I don't think Carmelo Anthony has even played yet. He's still mourning the loss, which is understandable. So yeah, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of, lot of tough stuff going on for, for those guys who played, um, obviously like we don't know the impact that Kobe had on them, but it's safe to say that it was, that it was a big one. So it was, you know, it was tough to watch them actually go out and play, but it was nice to see that they were able to, to be out there and, and to play with people that they love and people that they're able to kind of grieve with, which is probably if, if maybe not, I don't want to say the best way to do things, but at least they're with people who they, who they know and they love and they respect and they have played basketball with forever, who they're able to uh, kind of grieve with together, who are all going through the same thing. So maybe it was a little bit therapeutic, maybe it wasn't. Um, so we're going to move on to the next week, and they've got four games until we're going to podcast next Sunday afternoon, just before the Super Bowl. They're going to be playing the Chicago Bulls at home. They're going to be playing the Pacers in Toronto on Wednesday. Then Friday, they go out to Indiana to play the Pacers. And then Saturday night, they're going to play the Brooklyn Nets in Toronto. So which of those four games are you most excited for? Going to have to go with that Pacers game. Uh, We talked about it. Raptors with the opportunity to secure that longest winning streak in franchise history with 12 as we talked before, I don't. The Bulls shouldn't be too much of a test. I can't see us coming out of that with a loss. So this should be the deciding game. Like you said, Oladipo's back, so that's going to make it even more exciting. Because ah, if you're going to win a game to make the 12 game streak, you don't want to beat a team like the Suns or something <laughs> where it's, you want to you want to have some pride in that game. They have a lot, a lot of players that are having good seasons. Obviously, like Brogdon, Sabonis, T.J. Warren, and now that Oladipo's back, he can make his his impact on this lineup and they're also just a good team in the standings i mean they're in the fifth place right now it uh doesn't look like at this point they'd have to play extremely well to catch up to the raptors in that second seed but i mean maybe they fall back nine games and we play them in the playoffs (laughs) but i can't see that happening so it's it's not probably not going to be a playoff matchup but it's definitely important for that milestone and like i said it's a good team to to break that streak with yeah, I uh, I like the Pacers game as well, just because it'll be the first time uh, they're playing the Pacers with Oladipo, so it's just another one of those tests that you can have against one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. It's kind of a benchmark. Are we better than them? Can we beat them when they're full strength and we're full strength and all that kind of stuff? So I'm going to go with the Pacers. Um, how do you think they end the this uh, this four games? I think they go 4-0, and 3-1, 2-2. Ooh, let's see. So we got the Bulls. That's a win. I think, so you're saying the next four games? Yeah. I think we go, whew, I think we go three and one. I think we get that first win off the Pacers, and then I think the Pacers might get us with that second game. I think Oladipo maybe gets, gets his feet back, um, has some time to recollect his thoughts, and then they might take us in that game because, like we said, it's still a good team. And then that Nets game, I don't like the Nets. I think they're way too op- coming into the season. How overhyped they were, it made me wanna 
made me want to hurl. So anytime <laughs> we can beat the, the Brooklyn Nets, I'm I'm not mad about it. So I'm gonna say we go three and one. So with the this being Super Bowl weekend, mm-hmm. obviously this isn't a football podcast. Um, but who is your pick for winning the NFL's illustrious Super Bowl? Well, Eric's been ban- Eric Crookshank, my co-host on the other podcast, has been bandwagoning Mahomes so hard since he has entered the league, and that means he's now a Chiefs fan. So I pretty much in every we like we work together, so we there's a TV out of work, so we'll go and we'll watch all the football games because we don't do much, I guess, at work. And every pretty much every game we've seen with the Chiefs, I, I cheer for the other team. So I'm just going to cheer, cheer for San Francisco just because I don't want Eric to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's morbid. Uh, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got the Niners as well. I put a couple dollars on them. Oh, did you? Put a couple, do you have a pick for finals MVP? Or finals MVP, Super Bowl MVP? Ooh, well. I guess if it's going to be the Niners who win, it's probably going to be Jimmy G. Yeah. Yeah, let's just let's just go with that then. Yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah, I I don't really know any other players. Yeah. On the but I wouldn't so. be surprised if Chiefs win. But let's go. With, let's go with the 49ers. 49ers. All right, so that is it for us on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can head over to RaptorsRapture.com for daily articles every single game. We have a post game thing. We do some pregame stuff for most games, opinions, analysis, news, all that kind of stuff you can find at raptorsrapture.com. As always, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Let us know your feelings. Follow us on Twitter at raptorsrapture. Follow me on Twitter at H underscore surplus. And Dana, my man, where can they find you? Yeah, uh, my Twitter's just getting started up. I literally just started the other day because my other one got deactivated because I forgot the password. (laughs) So Twitter, it's uh, Dana Ryan 61. Instagram's my main one, (laughs) Dana Ryan 61 as well. So, I mean, you can get me there. And um, yeah, thank you for having me, Hunter. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. As always, go Raptors.